Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Dr. Jordan Peterson, talking about having no purpose or no goal in life. Today's episode is really for those who just really feel like there's nothing that they can do right right now. In the simplest sense, Dr. Peterson really points out, if you set a goal, you have something to achieve. You have purpose to your life now. Once you complete that goal, set another, and soon you'll start to see that you have some kind of structure to your life where you're actually setting goals that accumulate to a great purposeful life that you want. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So you're aiming at some handleable amount of time, and you posit a goal in there, and you plot your route, and then that tells you what's up and tells you what's down, because up moves you towards the goal and down moves you away from the goal, and that sets up your motivational framework so that you have something worth attaining. You know, that's a really interesting thing to know, too, is like, why have a goal? Well, it's easy. No goal, no positive emotion. Because you experience positive emotion by noticing that you're moving towards a goal. And so if you don't have a, have a goal, well, you can't have any positive emotion. So you better have a goal. And so you might say, well, what should the goal be? Well, we could start by saying, well, any goal is better than none. And then we might say, well, it should be a goal that other people will let you pursue because otherwise it's going to be kind of difficult. And maybe they'll be even happy to help you pursue it. That would even be better. And maybe it's a goal that would enable you to learn how to pursue other goals while you pursue that goal. Boy, that would really be good. And so you can see that your goal is parameterized, but that doesn't mean that any old goal works. It means there's some goals that work nicely and some not so nicely. There are playable games and non-playable games. That's a good way of thinking about it. And you want to have a playable game. And there's a lot of them, lawyer, plumber, you know, actor, whatever. They're, they're playable games. And, and it's not obvious which one's better, but it's certainly obvious which ones are sustainable and which ones are worse. And so there's a set of playable games, and you need to extract from that set of playable games a game that suits you. And that would be partly due to your temperament, you know, because extroverted people want to play an extroverted game, and highly neurotic people want to play a safe game, and agreeable people want to play a generous game, and disagreeable people want to play a game that's highly competitive so they can win, and, you know, fine. But they're all within the realm of playable games. And that means they're socially acceptable as well. And so that means it isn't just arbitrary. It isn't just relative what you decide to do. It's heavily parameterized. There's only a, there's a set of playable games and it's large. The set is large, but it, it, there are commonalities within it. And that's why there are commonalities. That's why morality has a common basis fundamentally and so that's partly what we're trying to investigate is like what's up what does up mean what does it mean is there such a thing now one thing to remember is that if you don't erect a hierarchical structure with a with something to aim at you got no positive motivation because you experience positive motivation in relationship to a goal not from attaining the goal that's satisfaction and besides it's fleeting you know perfectly well, you graduate from university, poof, next day you have a problem, which is what do you do next? And that's a, that's a tough problem. It's not like you've solved your problems by winning that game. 
you just introduced the problem of having to introduce another game so it's unreliable as a source of positive emotion but what's reliable is you set a goal and you try to attain it and then that gives your life that literally provides your life with meaning that's what meaning is now it's more than that but that's that's what it is and so then you might ask yourself well what's a really good goal well that's what we're trying to figure out what's a really good goal so anyways you've got this little frame you're somewhere and it's not good enough and you're going somewhere else that's going to be better and what better depends upon is the state of these underlying biological systems and then more complexly as those biological systems get integrated into a personality and into the social world then the, the frame and the goal is going to be dependent on that more complex hierarchical organization so you're not in here because you're hungry you're in here because if you get a degree maybe you don't ever have to be hungry so, so the hunger is properly incorporated into your you don't want to be cold, you don't want to freeze to death in the winter, you don't want to be on the street. You know, so your higher order goals are long-term socially negotiated solutions to the problems that are implicit in your being. That, that might be one way of thinking about it. So, so, and the micro elements of this, so you could say I'm hungry, that's a physiological state and a conception. I have a vision of how I'm going to solve that, but then and those are, that's an abstraction but what you do to transform point A into point B is not an abstraction you act you know, so if you're hungry you actually move your body say down from the second floor into the kitchen and you arrange things so that there's transformations in the world and that's a good way of thinking about the relationship between the mind and the body your hypothetical solution to your problem that's the mind but the manner in which you incarnate that solution that's no longer abstract so you know people are always trying to solve the mind-body problem and that's as far as I can tell that's how you solve it is you have abstractions but they're not abstractions that are representations of the world they're abstractions that are representations of action patterns and the way those are implemented in the world is that you act them and so it's strange because you've got this weird level of control you know I can move my arm and I seem to be able to do that voluntarily but I really have no idea how I'm doing it like I don't have conscious access exactly to the musculature except technically and I certainly have no idea what I'm doing chemically to make those muscles, muscles transform but my, my, so my abstractions ground out in this movement and I can observe the movement and, 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 modi and modify it but I have no conscious access whatsoever to the microprocesses that are making that possible I have no idea why that is probably because I'm not smart enough that would be my guess right is you're you're only going to evolution is only going to allow your mind to control those elements of your being that you're smart enough to control and so you don't get voluntary control over your heartbeat for example because you just forget and then <laughs> you'd be wandering around and then you'd forget to beat your heart and bang you'd be dead so you don't get to do that so all right so all these different, I, I classified these again as self-propagation and self-maintenance motivations and so if you're too hot, well you want to go somewhere cooler and if you're too cool you want to go somewhere hotter and same if you're thirsty and hungry and for self-propagation, well you get lonesome and maybe you know you have some sexual desire and, 
and each of those different systems competes for access to this central frame and that's something like the contents of your consciousness at, at any given time so up pops a desire but it's 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 the wrong way of thinking about it because the desire sounds like something that's pushing you forward but the desire is goal framework emotion perception action pattern all at the same time it's a little personality or it's a little story actually when you describe the operation of one of these things that's when you're telling a story so I was somewhere, I needed something, I went and got it. It's a boring little story, but that's the basic unit of a story, right? Because I don't care to hear what you're doing unless you had a reason for doing it. So I just say, what's the point of the story? And the point of the story is the point. It's directional, right? It says, I went from here to there, that's the point. Here's how I did it, that's the point. And you're interested in that because maybe you want to know how to do it too. And you won't have to struggle through it like I did, you could just listen. And so we're always throwing these little units of information back and forth to each other. And for good reason, I, I want to know what your point is. Because better I learn it from you than make all the mistakes that you had to make when you were learning it. There's Jiminy Cricket at the opening of the Pinocchio movie. Pointing to a star, which is roughly the nativity star for all intents and purposes, and it's a it's a symbolic indicator of a, of something diamond-like and pure, right, glimmering in the darkness, that's transcendent and above the horizon, upon which to fix your eyes, and so that's and the thing is you need that technically, and the reason you need that is because. We know enough about psychology now to know that almost all of the positive emotion that you're going to experience in your life, and positive emotion is analgesic, by the way, right? It actually quells pain. So it's not just positive, it also gets rid of negative, which is a big plus. Almost all the positive emotion that you're going to feel, you're going to feel in relationship to a goal. Because you feel positive emotion as you approach a goal. And so if you want to feel positive emotion, then you need a goal. And then you might think, well, if you want to maximize that positive emotion, which is enthusiasm and also what pulls you out into the world, as well as feeling good, then you need the best possible goal. Well, that, because that's going to engage the largest segments of your being. Like if your goal is too narrow, then a bunch of you isn't going to be on board for it, you know? If the goal is well-developed and multifaceted, then all of you can partake in that. Even your negative elements, even your anger and, and, and your fear can get on board with that, let's say. So you need a goal, man, that's worthy. You've got to think you good. You need a goal that justifies the tragedy and malevolence of life. That seems to be the bottom line. Now, maybe you think, well, there's no goal that can do that. It's like, well, there are still better and worse goals. So, and I, I'm not convinced that there are no goals that can do that. I think that's an open question. You'd never know that until you pursued the proper goal long enough to find out who you would be as a consequence of pursuing it. So that's also your destiny or your existential voyage, right? It's also not something that anyone else can do for you. Someone can say, get your act together for Christ's sake and get, it, get, get at it. That's, that'll make the world unfold best for you. but. There's no way you can know that without doing it.